BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Straight Up with Stassi. Okay, guys, it's time to pour it out. Welcome to my monthly episode, Pour It Out, where I answer y'all's questions through listening to your voicemails. Um, I'm going to do this one solo. You know, I'm being I'm being brave. Um, I just felt like, you know, I'd like to just give some motherly (laughs) um, unsolicited motherly unwell advice. Um, I do like to be called mother nowadays. It's like my favorite compliment. Whenever I see people writing like on my Instagram, commenting things, whenever they say like, you are truly mother, it warms my heart in a way that like I, I, I can't ever explain. Okay. But before uh, we get into the questions, I just want to say I have had a fucking morning. Like it has been a honestly it's been like a shitty like five days I feel like ever since I did my birthday podcast um my birthday show I have just like been slowly deteriorating so I have not felt well in over a week now but yesterday Hartford woke up and she was coughing so we were like oh no we were supposed to go to the world of Barbie experience rescheduled that I'm like we need to keep her in so I kept her inside and we just laid in my bed and watched movies all day long which was actually kind of fun to just like snuggle together she was being really sweet for once so that was a vibe until it wasn't then last night when we were putting her down for bed we noticed that she was like breathing so heavy heavily and like rapidly but in a way that was like scary to look at like the only way you guys this is the only way I could explain it is have you ever seen I am legend (laughs) the Will Smith movie (laughs) okay you know the zombies in the Will Smith movie and you know when he like he 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 has one like he he's able to capture one so that he can examine it and all that stuff and you see it like tied to his table and the way that it breathes that is what Hartford looked like. And it was so scary. And I'm just like, not my daughter turning into a zombie right before my eyes. Like, no, it was so scary. So all throughout the night, Bo and I just like kept taking shifts and checking on her. And it was like still happening. So finally, like 5.36 in the morning, we're like, we need to just take her to the hospital. 
And we took her to the hospital and they said, you know, it looks like she does does have some sort of virus, but, you know, you can't really cure viruses, which is so strange. You would think we could. Like, we can make it to the moon. We can make it to Mars, but we can't cure little old viruses. I don't know. It's just interesting to me. So you can, we don't have a cure for viruses, but we can we can take things for the symptoms. So yes, she has a little bit of a virus. She had a fever. She was coughing. She's had, um, you know, runny nose and all of that stuff yesterday. But the breathing, it wasn't from like the congestion. Like it wasn't from, it wasn't from the viral infection, if that makes any sense. And so they're like, does anyone have asthma? Is there a history of asthma? Um, and Bo has really bad asthma. So they were like, well, we can't se- technically call it asthma in like children her age, which is so weird, but they call it reactive airways disease. Just say asthma. Just say asthma. Why can't you call it asthma if it's essentially the same thing? I literally Googled it right in front of them. I'm like, reactive airways disease. Okay. AKA asthma, just say it. It'll save us all a lot of time if we just stop saying reactive airways disease. <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> just thought that was so weird. So they give her the albuterol thing, which she did not like, would not take it, would not put like the mask over her nose and mouth. Like, uh uh-uh. uh. So we had to like take the hose out and I had to just shove the hose next to her face. And at first, for like, 12 solid minutes. She was screaming, didn't want it. Finally, I'm like, Hartford, this is blue Elsa air. Elsa heard that you're sick. She heard that you have the coffees and she sent over her air. Blue Elsa air. Thank God the little tube was blue because it made it so believable. It was like a blue tube with like white air coming out of it. I'm like, snow air. Hello. And you can feel that it's cold, Hartford. Blue Elsa air. And that was the only way I was able to like get her to sit still. So we did that for 10 minutes and they were like, we're going to monitor her, keep her here for two more hours and make sure she's okay. She was fine. Like initially then slowly started to deteriorate, deteriorate again. Okay. She took something to break her fever and help with those symptoms. And so like that was fine. Her fever was breaking, but she was literally drenched in sweat, poor baby. And then her breathing started doing that thing again. So then we had to do the albuterol again for an hour this time, an hour. So like my arm was literally going to fall off because I was just like holding the Elsa blue air stick next to her nose for an hour while she just like played on the phone. And so after that, they're like, we still aren't convinced that this is what it is. So we're going to do an x-ray to make sure she doesn't have pneumonia or something like that. I don't know. There were so many doctors and nurses coming in and out that I'm like, this is alarming. Like everyone was so nice at the children's hospital. It's the one on, it was like sunset and like it was the east. It was like Los Feliz area in case anyone's curious great children's hospital all the doctors and nurses were fantastic but the fact that so many of them were like coming in and rotating made it like scary to me like okay like they can't figure out what's what's wrong and they just kept having to keep us there longer and longer and like tack on another two hours another two hours and so they did the x-ray I wasn't able to go in the x-ray room which was like so sad because I'm pregnant I did like they didn't even let me go in the room even when they weren't doing the x-ray it was like 
I didn't realize it was that big of a deal. Okay. So I stood outside and waited. When they got the x-rays back, they said everything's fine with her lungs, like no issues there. It is not pneumonia. So this is a reactive airways disease situation, aka asthma for the rest of us. So they said they monitor monitored her for a couple more hours. Then finally, they sent us home with a prescription for albuterol, and we have to give it to her every four hours and make her breathe the Elsa air every every four hours. And basically, if it gets as bad as it was last night, then we have to just bring her back to the hospital. But like, it kind of just feels weird that we got sent home. You know, like they're like, we're not sure if this will fix it. But hopefully it will. But if it doesn't, see you later. (laughs) Like that was the vibe I got. So here I am. I've been awake like for forever. Um, uh, We barely slept last night. I'm fucking tired. I also haven't gone to the bathroom in literally four days, you guys. I think that's because I'm sick. And so like my routine is off. But like I have two babies in here right now. my son and my poo baby. And I feel really, really fucking uncomfortable. And the heartburn is like, it's torturous. Like it's next level. Like I don't sleep anymore. I don't sleep anymore. I don't sleep anymore. And I'm trying so hard, but no, it's like nothing. I'm I'm at that point in the pregnancy where it's like, I'm over it. Get out. It's time to get out. It's time to get the fuck out, baby. That's how I feel. Okay, also, you guys, the merch from the tour, the Straight Up Wastasi merch is now available online. Okay, I I planned for this to be at every show and 98% of the shows that I did did not get merch because I have a perfectionist streak. Okay, I am not like a perfectionist like fully, like I wouldn't say that that's like a, a personality trait. It's just, I have a streak, okay? And there are some things that when I do them, if they're not perfect, then I would just rather not do them at all, okay? And one of those things is merch. And uh, the pieces that I dreamt up and created, they had to be perfect. And every time we got back a sample, I was like, it's not what I want. 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 And I can't give you guys trash, okay? I can't give you guys something that's just subpar. Like it needs to be great. Y'all are spending your hard earned money on this. It can't be just a random fucking sweatshirt with something slapped on it, you know, in like Comic Sans font. Like that's not the vibe. It has to be inspired. It has to be elevated. It has to be like something you've never seen before. So what we have, my favorite one, the oil painting sweatshirt. I mean, it's like an 18th century like romanticism painting except like instead of like bowls of fruit and flowers it's like all the things that are like that kind of like define me in my life right now there's um Aperol spritz not not that I can have that right now but you know in in a couple months I will um there's rosé there's a baby bottle there's my engagement ring and my wedding ring there's like my favorite Amina Muadi shoe there's ranch there's cake, there's French butter, there's my grandmother's pearls. Like, it's so epic. It is my favorite thing 
that I've created merch-wise ever in the history of time. We also have the Dark Passenger sweatshirt, which was inspired by the Ritz-Carlton logo because I'm really into this old money aesthetic, okay? I'm like, I'm into that trend. I'm, I am a proud basic bitch, but this is the thing. I don't feel like I'm following a trend because I've always dressed like a granny. Like I've always dressed granny chic. So I dare I say started that trend. It's just no one's giving me credit for it. But that's how I felt about the Ritz Carlton logo, like on their sweatshirt. I'm just like this. This is what it needs to be. Dark passenger meets the Ritz, the Ritz Carlton. Okay. And then there's the mother t-shirt. Okay. Which is like. I'm living out like my all my like like period piece historical drama like fantasies with my merch now that I'm thinking about it. It's basically like a profile shot of me when I was dressed as Marie Antoinette for my book cover. It was like an outtake photo, but we did it like as in like a sketch with like it looks like a Victorian frame around it and it just says at the bottom mother. <laughs> you guys, it's so fucking good like it's so good and the shirt is so soft which like I fought so hard for you would think that it would be really easy to be like no we need high quality shirts and sweatshirts like I'm not delivering trash I don't want any like crunchy stiff shirts like no you really have to fight for what you want you guys merch companies they're difficult let me just say, so I am so proud of all of this and I hope you guys like it too. And for the first week, I am going to do free shipping for literally everyone. I wanted to only do free shipping for the people who came to my shows because I felt so bad that they didn't get the merch at the show. But that would be really too, that'd be way too hard to like have people like prove to me that they came to the show. So congratulations. Everyone gets um, free shipping for the first week. Okay. And then I'm also going to give Patreon subscribers 15% off a 15% off code. So if you're on Patreon, look for that post. Did I, did that about sum everything up? Yep. Great. I'm going to take a sip of water and then I'm going to answer y'all's motherfucking questions. Hi, Sassy. My name is Claire. I could always relate to you because I've also had countless shitty boyfriends and have a dark passenger that comes out occasionally as well. But now I'm finally dating a really kind, genuine guy. I'm 25 years old. We've only been dating for six months, but it's been going really well and getting kind of serious. He is a teacher during the year, and during the summers, he lifeguards and lives down the shore. That is the Jersey Shore. This year, though, he's living in a house with 13 other people, and three of them are girls. I'm having a hard time controlling my emotions because this is a very triggering situation for me, but this also happens to be the most genuine and trustworthy guy I've ever dated. As I said, we've only been dating for six months. And he had this house figured out before he even met me. And he didn't know there would be three girls living in it as well. So do you have any advice for me to keep my cool throughout the summer and not get unnecessarily mad at my boyfriend, especially since he's never done anything wrong before? Thank you so much. Okay, Claire. First of all, I thought you were just going to stop at he's renting a house with 13 people because <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not the vibe. How old are we? But then I realized you're 25. That's young. And the economy, it's 
kind of scary out there. So I actually fully get staying in a house, um, especially in your 20s, with 13 other people. But you didn't stop there. Okay. The way I would have lost my shit in my 20s if I was in your position, knowing that my boyfriend was going to be in a house with three other girls. I wish I knew if you had met these girls before. It sounds like you're in a really great relationship. I love that you said that he you've only been dating six months and he had made these arrangements before meeting you, which I think is so important. Like you... If he was single, so that means he was single when he made these arrangements, like if he wanted to date any of those three girls, he could have when he was single. It sounds like he knows that this is a good, like, this is just a good house to like go and spend the summer in. And I don't feel like you have a right to tell him that he can't do that as unfortunate as that is. You know, this sounds like something that it's not shady until it becomes shady. <laughs> if that makes any sense, you know, like nothing has happened yet, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that nothing won't <laughs> happen because <laughs> you never know. Like you truly never know not to like freak you out or anything, but this is just what I would do. Guys love a cool girl. They do. Okay. So it's, it's your time to shine and pretend to be the cool girl. Okay. I know it's hard, but this is just only going to look at it as being selfish. This is only going to help you. Okay. Cause you're only helping your relationship and how much he loves you by you being the cool girl. Obviously you have to be invited up there throughout the summer. Like if he's not letting you come out there, then I, I wouldn't even be in this relationship because then something shady really is going on. But if he's letting you come out there, then I don't see how this is an issue unless when you're out there, you get a bad vibe. Always trust your instincts because like, yes, we can all be crazy, but like normally that's rooted in truth because our intuition, our gut females, we're smart. We know when something just doesn't feel right. And it doesn't necessarily mean that like your boyfriend is the one that's doing anything wrong. It might just mean that like one of those girls is shady or like one of those girls has bad intentions. Like this doesn't necessarily mean like, like I'm, I'm saying, first of all, I think your, your boyfriend is like not shady whatsoever. I just want to establish that. Like, it sounds like you're in a great relationship. He organized this before he met you. He's told you about this. It sounds like you're going to continue to be in a good relationship and that you're going to be spending lots of time this summer together. So when you are there, if you do catch up on a shady vibe, it might not be his fault. It might be the other girl's fault. So just like make sure to really do your due diligence, like do the homework, do a little undercover detective work before you start fights about it. You can tell him. Like, listen, I feel kind of weird about the fact that you're going to be living with three other girls. Like, I I know that you you um, organized this before you met me, but like, it still makes me feel uncomfortable. Like, how would you feel if I was in a house with three other guys that you didn't know? I think that that's totally valid to have that conversation and explain your feelings without it being a fight and without like making him feel like he's doing anything wrong because he's not doing, I don't think he's doing anything wrong. I think that that pretty much sums it up. 
I think so. Listen, you might be able to have like the best summer ever. And these three girls might actually end up being your best friends. You might meet them and like really like them. And then you guys are all become this like crew. Let's think positively. I like that for you, Claire. I am not a great cook, but you guys, I don't have Bo around all of the time to cook for me in Hartford. So sometimes I have to figure it out. Like I can't just like eat pizza bagel bites or whatever every night. Like I can't be giving that shit to Hartford every night. I just can't, which is why I've become super into factor. Okay. It's a ready to eat meal kit, but this is how it's different than other ones. You do not have to cook. There is no chopping. There's no prepping. There's no cleaning up. You guys, Factors fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then go about your business, do whatever. So like you don't have to do anything, but you still get nutritious, delicious meals. Like, let me just tell you about some of them, okay? Because you can treat yourself to over 34 weekly restaurant quality options like bruschetta shrimp risotto, delicious green goddess chicken and grilled steakhouse filet literally ready in two minutes so you're putting good stuff in your body and you don't really have to you don't have to go to the grocery you don't have to put in any effort whatsoever what a glorious age we live in right now and they also have different options for you to try like if you're trying to be calorie conscious this summer then you can do the dietitian approved calorie smart meals that have around or less than 550 calories per serving. They also have protein plus meals with 30 grams of protein and more per serving. There's also vegan plus veggie, all of these different ones you can choose from. There's a whole wide range of so much and they make it so easy for you guys. So head to factor75.com slash Stasi50 and use code Stasi50 to get 50% off. That's code Stasi50 at factor75.com slash Stasi50 to get 50% off. All right. Next question. Hey Stasi. So um I just wanted to get some advice on how to control myself, like my like basically my dark passenger when I black out. Um, because I tend to take it out on my boyfriend and it's like gone to the point where I think it's kind of like affecting the relationship. And like, I don't know if you have any advice on how to control that dark passenger, I would really appreciate it because, um, it from, it goes from one drink to like a couple of drinks to like me not remembering the rest of the night. And for me, I feel like I had a great night, but then I get told by my boyfriend the next day that it was not as great as I thought it was. So yeah, please help a girl out. Okay. I have some shitty ass news for you. There is no controlling the dark passenger, especially when you are under the influence. Okay. You, if you have dark passenger tendencies, the only shot that you have of controlling it is being sober. Like that's really, that's, that's it. That's all you got. But if you have even one drink, because depending on how your body um, reacts to alcohol, like 
it feels the dark passenger it fully takes control this is what it reminds me of i just watched the pope's exorcist the other day okay oh i fucking love russell crowe i also love horror movies i love exorcism horror movies specifically like that's one of my top favorite like subgenres, genres and you know they talk in the movie about and i've seen this in a lot of exorcist movies that like there are different um there's a hierarchy when it comes to demons Okay, not all demons are the same. A lot like there's ones that are not as dangerous, still dangerous, obviously, but like not as evil. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing? Because you're comparing your dark passenger to a demon, well, like a really serious one. It's true. And then there are the demons that are extra evil, like Lucifer. Like we're getting to the top here, much more powerful and capable of of so much more okay and um the dark passenger with every drink that you drink moves to like another level in that hierarchy and just gets closer and closer to to satan vibes so (laughs) this is i think that you should focus on um how you're drinking like I think before you start drinking, make sure you are well fucking fed. All right. I think you should uh, have a glass of water in between every cocktail. Um, And I think that you should cut your drinking down a little bit. I know that's not fun to say. No one wants to hear that. But if you are blacking out, not remembering things, and that's not because of like Xanax or um, like Ambien or like Klonopin or something that like makes you forget the night before, if you're just forgetting because of alcohol, you're just going to have to limit your alcohol intake because that is the worst fucking feeling to wake up and think that you had a great night and you didn't. But to answer your question, again, there is no controlling the dark passenger when you're drinking. The only shot you have is being sober. <sighs> Sorry. But, you know, just like a proper demon, they don't want to... The, the, the dark passenger doesn't want to attach itself to a, to a, a healthy, happy, sober person. Just like a proper demon. Just like a proper demon. (laughs) I hope this helps. Okay. Hi, Sassy. This is Gina. Um, I just really wanted to call in and ask uh, a question about children. So I know that you have Hartford and a baby on the way, baby boy. Um, I just had my first baby in December. So she's about six months old. Her name's Violet and I love her so much. Like being a mother is amazing. Um, I guess what I am having a question about is how did you know you were ready officially for baby number two? Um, I clearly am not ready yet to have another baby, but sometimes I wonder like, I don't know if I should have another one just because I I wasn't that much of a fan of the pregnancy process. Also wasn't much of a fan of the first two months postpartum, just the way I felt and everything. So thinking about having to do that again, it gives me honestly some anxiety, but since I'm 32 years old, I feel like I ultimately want another one, but I just don't really want to go through all those, I don't know, uncomfortable pregnancy and postpartum feelings again, but I want a baby. Again, so I just don't know. I wonder if you could relate to this at all. Um, Even if you don't relate to this at all, please let me know your thoughts. I just feel like I'm kind of in a unsure spot. And I know my husband's feelings matter into this as well, but I just kind of wanted to see what you thought 
Anyways, thank you so much for listening and love you so much. Bye. Okay. Um, hello, Dina. Um, first of all, you guys, this is a question that I get more than any other question. I feel like I have so many voicemails that I've listened to that that's almost identical to this question. So and I've heard them all. So this one is for you guys. Okay. I'm just going to talk about my experience first before um, Dean and I talk about yours. I felt like the same way you are feeling right now. Okay. You, you just had your, I guess I'm going to talk about you too right now. <laughs> your baby Violet, congratulations. She's only six months old. You are still in like postpartum life, like the thick of it. Okay. When Hartford was six months old, no, the thought of having like getting pregnant again. Absolutely not. I would laugh when people ask me. I've always known that I wanted to have multiple children. Like I, I never wanted to just have one child. Like it, uh, when I met Bo, it was like the first thing that came out of my mouth. Like I, I want multiple children. Like that is the life I want for myself. So like I knew that I was going to eventually have to get pregnant, have to try and get pregnant again. But six months, oh my gosh, no. And it even like it honestly, it took me a really long time to get there. And I am the type of person that I feel like um, I can't fully prepare for a moment to come. Like when people say, when do you you know, what do you want to do in the next five years? Or like, when do you hope to do this? Or when do you want to have another baby? I would always just tell people like, I don't know how to explain this, but like, I know that one day I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be like, oh, I'm fully ready to do this now. Like, that's just how I've always been. Like, it has to be on the the right time. Like something has to align in my like gut intuition and soul for like all of the sudden, all those things to come together and me just like, I feel like fully at peace with like the decision that I'm making. That's how I felt about buying my house. That's how I felt about Hartford, like, trying to get pregnant with Hartford. I've, I've felt that way about so many important things in my life and even like not important things where, you know, business decisions or just something like that, where it's like, I know I'm going to know, I'm going to know when it's the right time for something. And that is exactly what happened to me because for almost two years or for like the first year and a half that Hartford was born, people would ask me, so when are you going to start trying? When are you going to start trying? You want them to be two years apart, two years apart is like the ideal age, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I just like cannot imagine going through all of that again. Like, yeah, pregnancy is not fun. I'm not like the biggest fan of it. Like I make like fun out of it. Like I manage to, uh, to like be happy during my pre pregnancy, but like, it's not my favorite <laughs> and postpartum life fucking sucks. It like truly sucks the way I am dreading the upcoming months of postpartum life. I like, can't even begin to tell you. I like spend sometimes over an hour awake at night, lying in bed, going back and looking at all of my photos, my postpartum photos and videos of like what life was like during that time. And I'm like, damn like yes like you're so happy to have your new baby but it's also like such a dark time because you 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 all your hormones are doing weird things you feel kind of isolated you're just like it, it's just a lot it's a lot 
So I remember that in October, September, October, there was a moment where I just woke up and I was like, oh, I think I'm ready now. Like, I just felt like at peace with like, yes, it's time to have another baby. So that was my experience with it. I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Until literally one day, like someone could have asked me on Wednesday, are you ready to have another baby? And be like, fuck no. And then Thursday I woke up and I was like, fuck yes. Like that's how, how quick that was. But, um, I know you're saying that you are scared of going through pregnancy again and going through postpartum that experience again. And I'm going to ask you to try and remember what your experience was like. And now looking back, doesn't it feel like that's just like a blip? You know what I mean? Like while you're in it, yeah, it sucks and it feels like it's going on forever. But like once you're out of it and you look back, you're like, oh, wasn't that long and it wasn't that hard I mean it was hard but not like the absolute worst and what you gain from it is just it's so magical and and wonderful and I think you would always because it sounds like you want to have another baby so like you would always regret not trying for another one but you're never going to regret having another one you're not going to be pregnant and miserable being like I so regret this baby I, I just don't see that happening but you would regret not trying for another one so you just have to tell yourself that like women are like the stronger sex we have to do it all I can't believe men don't have to deal with like any of these like they don't have to deal with any of this shit and like you're a warrior queen and yeah you're gonna go through a tough time but like it's not it's it's temporary remind yourself daily that it is temporary there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that it's all to get your beautiful second baby. I hope this helps. Oh my God, you guys. Okay, so like one of my favorite sponsors ever, Liquid IV, who like I drink, who I drink, which I drink all the time. Um, I just found out that they now have their hydration multiplier sugar free. This is like life changing right now. Okay, let me explain Liquid IV. If you are new here, okay, it is a hydration multiplier like pack, okay, and you put it in your water and it's basically like drinking two times the amount of water, okay? So think about the times that you're like, I need more water. I need more H2O. I need to hydrate myself when you're working out, uh, when you're hungover, when you're drinking, when you're on a plane, when you're traveling, um, your kids, when they're doing quite literally anything at all, like they just like need lots of liquids. So you can always have a little, a little liquid IV pack with you that you just dump in a bottle of water. And that's essentially like drinking two bottles of water. That's how much more it hydrates you. And they have um, so many different flavors to choose from. My favorite is the passion fruit, but they also have like strawberry they have a, a new one that is white peach which is like holy shit sounds good oh my god the new sugar free is white peach oh my god you guys peach is like my favorite in the whole world and like this is i can't believe it's like sugar free and white peach like reading this now y'all i've been obsessed with liquid iv for fucking years years am i even allowed to curse on a, a read hopefully yeah no but like i love liquid iv and to hear that they're sugar free and now peach just go get it you guys it's amazing and it's so much better for you than having like a sugary um 
you know, like hydration drink that you just like get from 7-Eleven or whatever. No, Liquid IV is the way to go. And you can keep them with you everywhere. You just keep them in your purse, your bag, and easily bring them out. It's just, I love it. Real people, real flavor, real hydrating. Now sugar-free. So grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code Stasi at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you use promo code Stasi at liquidiv.com. I am going to go order some fucking white peach right now. <laughs> you just got so excited. I know. <laughs> Hi, Sassy. My name is Sam. I am calling from New Jersey. Um, my question has to do with relationships. I recently got engaged, recently moved in with my fiance. And with that being said, he has his dad who lives out of state and comes to speak with us quite a bit. Um, in the beginning, it was kind of okay because we were doing a lot on the house and we needed the help. But now it's just kind of more of a pattern, and this is something that they always did when he was living in an apartment, you know, when I obviously wasn't in the picture. But now that we have our own space, I'm just finding it a little bit harder to have my own moments and, like, times when I just need to be by myself. Uh, You know, his dad will come to stay for five days at a time, not just, like, a weekend, and Sometimes it is back-to-back. So I was just wondering if you had been through anything like that, if you had any advice, and I would just greatly appreciate it. It's a weird situation. He doesn't do anything wrong. He's really, really helpful. But, you know, sometimes girl just needs her space. So thanks so much. Bye. Oh, Sam, you are actually living, like, one of my worst nightmares. And it's not about, like, the father-in-law aspect of it. I'm just somebody that needs um, her space. I need privacy, which is like kind of ironic since I lived my life like on a reality show and a podcast and books and whatever. But like, so like when I, when I'm at home, I need that. Like I need to, I need to be able to retreat into my room or I need to, I just need to feel like my home is my, my sanctuary, my place that is mine and my husband's and my daughter's and that's it. Like it could be my best friends in the whole entire world. Like even the Taylors, if they stayed longer for two weeks or something, I'd probably then eventually be like, I need my privacy. It doesn't matter who it is. So like your father-in-law could be the absolute fucking best. It sounds like you fucking love him and adore him. And he's so helpful around the house. And like, that's wonderful and so great. But like, it doesn't matter who it is. It just, it's your space. And I think that like, that's a conversation that you really need to have with your fiance because you're established. It sounds like you guys just recently moved in or at least not too long ago and y'all aren't married yet because you called him your fiance. And like, you're establishing the rules of your home now, like how you act in the beginning and like what you say you're okay with and aren't okay with in the beginning, that establishes a pattern for the rest of your lives. So if you don't say something now, this will then just turn into like a forever thing where like the more time it goes on, it's like, well, yeah, this is just what they do. Your father-in-law comes and stays 
all the time. And then like, you can't look back five years and be like, actually five years later now, actually I think I've had enough. Like you finally like lose your shit and, and you know, you're just going to end up exploding about it and it'll end up being a fight or an argument and then it'll get weird within the family. So it's like, no, you can't wait. You can't let more time go by. You have to talk to your fiance and establish that like, yes, your dad can come and stay with us, but not all the time. We are about to be newlyweds. We're just starting our relationship and we need our privacy and we need to establish what our home life is going to be like just us two. Like, cause that is what you're entering in together. So like, I, I feel like that's pretty simple and easy to do. And I hope that your fiance is receptive to that. Hopefully try like not to make it an argument or like your fiance is doing anything wrong. Cause he's not like, as far as he knows, he doesn't know that you're irritated by it. He doesn't know. And again, it doesn't even sound like you're irritated. You're just like, because you love your father-in-law. It's just like, you need your space. And I feel like everyone understands that. It's just like a basic human right, you know? So I think if you go into this conversation, not in a way that sounds like you're angry or you're like naggy. I hate that word, but I just don't know another word for it. Um, just have like an open conversation about it and how you want to establish boundaries from the beginning because you're established establishing your new home life together. Best of luck, Sam. Hi, Stassi. This is Wendy from Cleveland. Um, I have two grown daughters who live in New York City and my oldest is turning 30 in February. I was wondering if you and your mom had any ideas for any like special fun activity or gift or anything like that that I could do to commemorate this big occasion for my daughter. Thank you so much. Love you. Bye. Hello, Wendy. Okay. So your daughter is turning 30. She lives in New York. I wish I knew what her vibe was, what she likes doing, what her interests are, but because I don't, the only thing I can tell you is what I would like to do with my mom <laughs> if I was in New York uh, for my 30th birthday. And there are a few, a couple routes we could go. I, there are two off the top of my head that I can think of. Okay. Now, the first one is a little more degenerate-ish. Okay. The first one is a pub crawl, but not like a dirty bar pub crawl. Like find a bunch of like bar cafes in New York that are like European vibes, you know, like the kind that make you feel like you're in Paris or Italy. And New York has like has all of that. New York has anything that you could ask for. And there's nothing that my mom and I love more than like we love traveling to Europe and we love just like sitting and eating and drinking wine. So the thought of just like spending a day European bar crawling just sounds so freaking fun to me. Then you like end back in either her apartment or your hotel room, wherever. And you guys could just like order in and watch some of your favorite like European inspired rom-coms. Like that's something that my mom and I would do. Like we'd then put on like French Kiss, Meg Ryan and Kevin Klein. Like literally I think the best movie in the whole world. Like it might be, it, it might be my number one. If it's not my number one, it is so dangerously close to number one. So that would be like my first dream day to have. Okay. If we, if there was another day that I could think of, it would be like super basic bitch, honestly. But like the reason why basic bitch things are fun is because 
I mean, popular is because they're fun. Like people enjoy doing them. I would have a boozy brunch. Okay. You could even go to tea, honestly, at the plaza if you wanted to like start there. But when I took Hartford, it was just like a disaster because she's a toddler. But I'm like, this actually does look like fun to do with an adult (laughs) and like having mimosas and stuff like that. But that might not be your vibe. And it's not hearty. Okay, those are tea sandwiches. Those are cakes. Those are scones. That might not be your thing. So I would find a cool place to go, depending on what type of food you guys like, a cool place where you can sit outside hopefully it's not too cold in February I just love sitting outside and you could have like a nice long boozy brunch then make your way over to Bergdorf's okay you don't have to buy anything there you don't have to it's really expensive but the experience of going there you just feel the magic you really do you just feel like wow this is the this is what dreams are made of to just be able to like shop here. Like I just love exploring. Even if I don't buy anything, all the floors, there's just so many things, so many beautiful purses, shoes, outfits. It's just a full blown experience. And I don't know if this is still there, but my favorite artist from New Orleans, Ashley Longshore, she had a full floor at Bergdorf's. And so it kind of like looks like an art gallery but like a fun girly art gallery on one of the floors and they have like a cafe or restaurant there so there's there's just a lot to do so after you have the boozy brunch then I would go to Bergdorf's and just wander around talk about the clothes as you and your daughters are like walking around talk about which clothes you like what you don't like talk about your style I think that's like such a fun thing for mothers and daughters to do together just like really like having a conversation about like what they like in terms of fashion and clothes. And then it's time to go and take a break and a nap because you had a boozy brunch. So you go take a break or nap and then you go see a Broadway show. Because duh. Which one? Oh my God. Which ones are even playing right now? Do you know? Funny girl. Oh yeah. Go see see funny girl with Leah Michelle. I I would have loved to see Leah Michelle in funny girl. Yeah. Like there's always a million. Yeah. There's like so many shows. So depending on what your, your taste is, I just think that like, there's nothing more fun than a quintessential like tourist day, you know, like it's just exciting and it feels celebratory and I am into it. So I hope either of those two examples helped. And please report back if you actually decide to make a plan and make this happen. Okay. Hey, Sassy. I need a little help with my sister-in-laws. My husband's sister is kind of overwhelming, a little dramatic and kind of a bitch, but I love her and you just kind of have to deal with it. My husband's brother's wife really does not like my sister-in-law. They have beef with one another and they do not hang out which causes a real rift with our family they both like me and i like them both i love them like they're my own sisters how do i help them merge together as of right now i'm leaving them the fuck alone because they're grown women and can deal with their shit but i also feel like i should be helping them let me know pour it out congratulations on baby love you bye Okay, this one is like kind of keeping me up at night. (laughs) Lo, I'm going to need your help with this one. I'm going to need you to talk me through this one, okay? Okay. Because this is is where I'm at, okay? So the sister of, okay, 
her husband's sister. Correct. Does not get along with her husband's brother's wife. Correct. So the sister is in the family, like that that little the nucleus part yes. of the family. So like that's important to note. It's not the two outside sister-in-laws not getting along. It's one of them is the sister. Correct. Which just like makes it so much more complicated. Mm-hmm. You know, like on one hand, I'm like, it isn't your responsibility. And like, yeah, you should stay out of it. That's normally my vibe. That's normally my family vibe. But like the more time that goes on, the more I realize that it's just not realistic. <laughs> it's not like you're at family functions together and people look to you for for glances, looks to be like they want to like side have a sidebar conversation they want to know that you're on their team that you're more on her side than the other one side you get put in the middle even when you try and stay out of it like you 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 can only stay out of it for so long because everyone wants to know are you on my side though are you on my side do you agree with me do you agree with me like that's just kind of like how it goes with like family dynamics um so like i wish I, i wish i knew like do they acknowledge that they don't like each other is it do they not like each other or does the sister-in-law not like the sister it sounds like they don't like each other i also want to know if the brothers like love their crazy sister or if the sister bothers the brothers too totally like the husband i didn't hear anything about the husbands no, which made me wasn't. think that like they don't give a shit so like this is a strictly girl thing but like how does it affect her husband hanging out with her sister yeah if she's not getting along with his sister yeah I don't know. That's hard. I wish I also knew which side you were on. Ooh. You know, like, do you... She's on both, actually. It does. So I'm trying to imagine, like, you know... (laughs) This scenario uh, in your family. Yeah, except, like, it's not... I don't have the exact dynamic. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I just have, like, my sister, but that doesn't count. So it's like, no. I'm, like, looking at, like, Bo's sister, but he doesn't have a brother with another... You know what I mean? So none of that makes sense. Um... Here's the question. Would you get involved if you like both people and you ultimately want them to get along for the family? Yeah, I would have. I would stay out of it for so long, but I know that I would get fed up with like having to play both sides. Playing both sides is so fucking hard. It's never actually been my vibe. Like I've like, you know, historically speaking, I've been a side picker. (laughs) (laughs) Always, you know, what I mean, like if anyone's watched Vanderpump Rules, like you, I'm clearly a side picker. I'm loyal. I like to fight for something. Right. You know, that's just I've never been like, oh, I can see both sides. It's just never been me <laughs> until I grew up until um, like I got older. OK, now that I'm 35 years old, I don't see things as like you have to pick a side. I don't see things as like blind loyalty to like one person. It's like, no, there's nuances and in every situation and nothing is black and white. And there's, there are just so many different shades of gray (laughs) that like, I am the ultimate now. I feel like I see both sides. So I now as a 35 year old, I would try staying out of it for as long as I could. But then I would realize that like they're, this is now getting irritating because th- they both want me to 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 commiserate with them, with each of them. And you can't commiserate with two at the same time because then you feel like you're being a traitor to the other one. 
while you're commiserating. Like you, then you're just like, you're not, you don't have a backbone and you're not standing up for anything. So you have to be that annoying, like, I love you guys so much and like really facilitate harmony and how, what they have in common and how to work out their fights. Now, the way that I do this is like, I'm still confrontational as fuck, you guys. <laughs> that has not gone anywhere. Like the, every single like family holiday or trip, there has been some sort of thing where we all had to talk. And I will literally say, why don't we talk about it? Why don't we just talk about it? Don't we want to have like no baggage? Don't want, don't we want to have like our, our shoulders be, don't we want to feel unburdened? So I would probably have a lot to drink and say that and, and make it really awkward and be like, I love you both. This is getting so fucking annoying. I would then become the problem for them so that they can, <laughs> I would now, yeah, they can team up and, and I start to become the problem. That's probably what would end up happening. That's what I was going to ask you. Cause some families are like, um, everyone pack it away. We're not going to talk about it. And we're all just going to get along. Uh-huh. Whereas other families are like, no, let's actually talk about the problem and fix it. Right. So which one would you encourage if you were her? Oh, nowadays encourage and fix it. Yeah. Like, because half of my family is, uh, we don't talk about it. Uh-huh. And if you do talk about it, then you're like cut. Right. <laughs> I've been cut from things before. <laughs> so like, and I never want to, that is not how I'm establishing this family that I am now the matriarch of my family. We are going to fucking talk about everything. Okay. Like we should be allowed to unpack it all. You know, we should be allowed to unburden ourselves. Like we should be allowed to communicate and express our feelings without worrying if mom or dad is going to cut us off. You know what Fair. I mean? Yeah. So I'm team confront, but who doesn't love a drunken, messy holiday family fight? So I would say lean into it. So wait until Thanksgiving. Wait maybe. until Thanksgiving. Wait until you've finished eating your turkey dinner, but before dessert. Okay. That's like the, that's peak fight time. Fight time. And it's so fun. Everyone's been drinking all day. Now, now you're drinking wine. Maybe you're having um, an after dinner drink. You know, oh, that's good. That's really. And you're tired and you're full because of the turkey. Yeah. The and then fan. you can just become the problem. <laughs> and your sisters in laws can literally bond over you being annoying. Your husband's going to love that. Totally. <laughs> Hope that helps. <laughs> Listen, I said this is not sound advice. This is just what I would end up ultimately doing. There was a, a nugget of good advice in that. Where was it? <laughs> Helping facilitate them getting along. Yeah. No, you can try that route yeah. if you want to be more bore. But if you want to be interesting and entertaining as fuck, wait till Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's better with cranberry sauce. Oh, oh do my. you want cranberry sauce now? Do I need oh, to no. write that? Do I need to put that on a merch? on yeah. a sweatshirt Ooh. because like everything is better with cranberry sauce. No, it really is. Like trademark it. It's trademarked. Nobody take it. The way that I am like look forward to Thanksgiving solely for the cranberry sauce. So good. <sighs> okay, guys. Thanks for bearing with me. Wonderful questions. 
I feel like I'm falling apart and I hear my daughter screaming. So I'm going to wrap this one up. Love you. Appreciate you. Please go um, and rate, review and subscribe this podcast. That always helps. And if you want to watch any of these podcasts or listen to them ad free, you can go to patreon.com slash Stassi, which is where you can also listen to Bo and I's podcasts that we've been doing for two years now, over two years now. Veterans at this point. Um, so yeah, thank you. I hope everybody has a wonderful rest of the week. Bye, Zs.